All right, we have Katie Munn here with us this morning. Hi, Katie, thanks for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi. So our first question that we'd like to start with because this is the Love Yourself to Happiness show, is could you please define happiness for you? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yeah, happiness for me, I think, is being grateful and being in gratitude mode. And it's just all the little things that we have around us every single day. So like friends, family, my dog, nature, just realizing all we have and connecting in with that, that brings me so much joy and happiness within my life. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So yeah. we're very fascinated um, by morning and evening routines, everyone's morning and evening routines, and mm -hmm. we just love to know what people um, really like to do. So can you describe to us your routines, morning and evening? Yeah. Um, so I've been cultivating this for a long time, but the last six months I've really developed a routine that I'm like, yes, this works so well. Um, so first thing I get up in the morning and even before my feet hit the floor, I just kind of stretch out and give gratitude for like one thing. So one thing that comes to my mind, I'm just like, oh, I'm thankful for this warm bed or for my little dog at the foot of the bed. So give, you know, just give acknowledgement of like being, being in my bed and being grateful, then get up. And then I drink warm water with lemon. Um, I find that really helps me just sort of getting moving throughout the day, take my little dog for a walk, come back in. And then I usually meditate for five to 10 minutes, depending on my time, you know, if I overslept or hit the snooze button too long and then make my breakfast. And I usually take about an hour to make breakfast. So like making it and sitting down and really savoring it after breakfast, go to my room, make my bed if I'm really um, inspired and then stretch my body because I feel like, you know, at night we're kind of our bodies are enclosed and so stretching it and being open to receiving uh, whatever comes at you throughout the day. And then the last part is I do have a little altar in my room. And so an altar can look like, you know, different things to different individuals. For me, you know, has some herbs and gemstones, some deities that I like to connect with. And so I sit at my altar and then I call in spirit, my connection to spirit, my connection to my higher self, and then call in any angels or guides that I want to guide me. And then, you know, I just sort of put a little energy bubble around me because I'm a very empathetic person. The older I get, the more I'm like, oh, man, I'm really empathetic. So, uh, yeah, calling in, you know, that protection. So I'm just cultivating an awareness of my energy and holding that space for it throughout the day. And then send out any prayers or love or anything that I feel called to and then um, move along my day. Yeah. That feels so nourishing, just like yeah, the is. way you were talking <laughs> about it. Over? <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's yeah. something that I do as well. Like anytime I step into any place, if I'm going out to a restaurant or a store, I, I try to remember. But like it's just become a habit where I just like protect myself and just say mm -hmm. I am love. And then I send love to the place that I'm going. So it's something similar. Yeah. And I think we all need to do that in some way. Like I think everyone is empathetic. What empathetic, empathetic? Yeah, empathetic. Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. So I think everyone is in a, in a way, and that's why people are in stress a lot of times, and they take on people's energy. Don't you think? Oh, totally. I mean, we're energetical beings. That's what we forget. So we and there's energy all around us, like the sun shining on our face. That's energy. The wind blowing, you know, and we can feel that energy. It's very subtle, but like sometimes you walk into a room and you're like, oh my god, did somebody get fired? And then actually, somebody did get fired. Like you can pick up on those right. energies. 
So it makes sense if we're walking somewhere and we feel an energy, you know, that sometimes energies can kind of attract to us or hang around us. And I'd love to share, I heard this recent technique, it's called the Phoenix Technique. Have you heard of that? Mm, I've heard about it, but can you can you yeah, share with us? Yeah, so, so I recently heard about it. And so basically it is, if you're walking, let's say down the street, you pass somebody, and then after you feel super agitated and irritated, you ask yourself, is this mine? Because sometimes we just take on energies that aren't even ours and we're having a great day. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I just feel off and I'm not quite sure why. So checking in with yourself, is this mine? And then if your intuition, if you're connected with that and your intuition says no, then you say return to sender with compassion and love. And so you're letting go of that energy and then you're kind of reconnecting with your own personal energy. So it's a really neat technique, yeah. Right, and I always believe we're meant to feel really, really good. So most of the times if you're feeling you know, bad, it's not yours. Right. <laughs> so I right. always say transmute it back to love to whoever. Right. right. Exactly. Totally. Yes. That's perfect. And right. Can you tell us a little bit more about your evening routine? Yeah. So my evening, day? how I close the day, you know, it depends. My evenings are a little bit more flexible. I usually come home. Um, I try to do a yoga class if I can in the late afternoon. So do that, do dinner, and then I do catch up on computer work or might watch a movie or hang with friends. It really differs. If I don't go to yoga earlier in the day, I do make sure I stretch before bedtime. And then I've implemented this rule recently about 45 minutes to an hour before bed. I shut off all electronics. So no computer, no cell phone, like I just turn it all off. And then I try to journal or read a book or just reconnect with myself because I find um, social media has like a hook on me or, you know, like my cell phone. I just I just numb, just kind of scrolling through, looking at it. And I'm like, what am I even doing? Mm -hmm. So cutting myself off before bed, because too, like what we're ingesting visibly can sometimes transmute to like our dream state. And so it's like, all right, clearing my mind and reading something really lovely. And yeah. So that's, that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So to extend on that, can you share with us three self-care practices that you just can't live without? Um, baths. I love baths. So that is to me really, really important. Like I just, I'm able to melt my stress away. Uh, yoga is another one that really in that breathing, um, focusing on my breathing and touching in with myself. That's really important. And then nature, nature is one of my biggest uh, outlets for just reconnecting, reconnecting with myself, reconnecting with spirit, just reconnecting with the world around us, you know, because if you look at everything around us, this comes from the world we live in. And we're very disconnected, sitting in our homes or going from day to day. So just getting out and connecting with the rest of the world is really powerful. Mm, I love that. Can you tell us a little about your personal life, something that wasn't mentioned in your bio and your journey to becoming an herbal and Reiki practitioner? Well, what do you mean by personal life? (laughs) Oh, well, what what was your path? Maybe, I mean, there's different ways you can answer, but I guess, how did you get to that point to be interested in that? Is that something you grew up liking and, or, you know, did something happen and you got woken up? Right. Yeah, I I mean, I did grow up in Athens, Maine, which is a very tiny town in central Maine. And I grew up on a farm. And, you know, my mom was very holistic. And so, like, whenever we had a 
cold or flu or a systemic, she would kind of do herbal teas. But I really didn't realize the extent of herbalism and what that was until I was on my way sight unseen to Boulder, Colorado to go into the program I was in. And so it literally was just like a friend being like, oh, you should be a health coach. And I'm like, great. But what tools would I have? You know, and just thinking about like, well, I like nature. I've always drank tea. I like tinctures. And then it was just the only way I know how to describe it is a series of synchronistic events, Mm -hmm. meeting one person and then doing another thing and doing another thing. And before I knew it, I had to apply to a school in Boulder, Colorado. And I was driving out there, moving into a house didn't know my roommates didn't know anybody and I was like okay here I go that's one place I really want to go to with like women like us and just hang out and yeah really how was that experience it was amazing I mean it would literally shifted my life and um it was I will say like a course of self-mastery so really looking at those behaviors that were dysfunctional or unhealthy or those things that I did within my life that weren't for my higher purpose or highest good and then just stripping it all away and then reintegrating kind of you know like I want to say like your childhood self or your essence you know that kind of gets numbed out through our daily life of what we're supposed to be doing or what we should be doing and and just kind of reintegrating with with myself so it was yeah and how old were you when you went there I was older I was 20 was I 28 or 29 yeah so I you know I was like got my undergrad sociology and then worked a bunch of quote unquote real jobs. I'm like, yeah, I got to do these jobs, you know? And then I was like, wait, these don't make me happy. (laughs) So yeah, following a path of like, well, these things, nature makes me happy and helping people makes me happy. And, and how can I use the skills that I have to assist other individuals, you know? Exactly. And I think that's our goal as, as humans here is to find that purpose and loving what you do and not to just mm-hmm. work a job because you have to. And that's great that you got to do that at such an early age. Yeah. 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 Awesome. What is the best decision of your life up until this point? Oh, the best decision of my life? <laughs> Just one. Just no, one, one. The best decision of my life. Uh, I actually would have to say it was going to herb school. It was being in that community with like-minded individuals. It's like, oh, I've met my people, you know, and yeah. I was so proud of myself looking back on it. And like, I went someplace where I didn't know anybody. You know, it's easy when you're like 19, 20, you're going to college. But like when you're 29 and a lot of friends are starting families and becoming a little bit more, um, you know, settled, just kind of uprooting myself. So yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. was a really good decision that I made. And can you just quick just share with us what what are your you know you, in your bio you say you like making herbal potions, and mm-hmm. and can you like what are your favorites or like how how is somebody how can somebody get started or into something like this? Right. So what I would recommend is taking a course, specifically hands on course, because you're going to be learning about the herbs. I mean, my favorite part is the entire process. So starting the herbs from seed growing them and then harvesting them, drying them out. So then if you're making a tea, learning how to do that, learning the healing properties, um, or if you're making, let's say, a tincture or a salve. And so really part of my um, mission is to empower people to empower themselves. So we have so many of these amazing plants in our backyard that we think, quote unquote, are weeds. And 
yeah, you can use those to to better your health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage anyone to, yeah, take a class. I, I hold a lot of classes through the adult ed- education system in Maine. And so that's a great way to do it. Um, or also just go online and research herbal medicine or how to make a salve or, or whatnot. And then you can get an idea of, oh, how can I how can I do this within my my um, personal life? Oh, I love that. Thank you. So can mm-hmm. you tell us about your most challenging time in your life and how you overcame it? Hmm. It's really interesting because I see life as a series of challenges and depending at the space I'm in depends on the severity, quote unquote, of the challenges. Um, oh, that's my dog there. Hi, dog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, I'm going to just go to another room here. So, yeah. So most challenging time. I mean, there's been a many in my early twenties. I definitely was living paycheck to paycheck. And I, um, remember one week I had like $40. I'm like, okay, it's Monday and I have $40 till Friday. And throughout that challenge, really what got me through was trust in trusting. And I remember that week specifically, I was thinking about this the other day, I had, you know, $40 for the entire week. And then two friends invited me out to dinner. And I'm like, I don't have the money to pay. And they're like, that's okay, we'll pay for you. Mm-hmm. And so it was just trusting like I'm going to be provided for. So having that trust within myself, but also within spirit, within the universe, within God, whatever you want to call it, and really being like, okay, all of my needs will be taken care of. And seriously, the older I get, the more I move throughout life, it's like, we're always taken care of, you know, everything's always, it always works out. So just having that faith and that trust um, has got me through, yeah, a lot of difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite mantras since my early 20s because same you know I used to live paycheck I mean I think it's normal for for many 20s but it was always all as well and it was like a cycle where you know you're you're in that place but it's gonna get better and I feel like you still have to go through that process internally until it just gets stronger and stronger and faith is huge yeah Mm -hmm. um what areas do you find that your clients struggle the most in um, so it really, it's so interesting within herbal medicine because different practitioners get different clients and it seems right. like the clients that I have, that have gravitated towards me are women, um, within their reproductive age and then older women as well. And so a lot of the, uh, issues I see digestion is a huge thing that individuals suffer with eating foods that aren't correct for them or eating foods that may be, um, hindering their digestion things such as PCOS, endometriosis, um, just typical maybe infections that women might get. Also, anxiety and stress is huge. So working within, there's a classification of herbs called nervines that can calm down the nervous system. So working within that. But it's so interesting, the more that I do um, the herbal piece, I realize a lot of it is mental too. And a lot of it is our emotional piece as well. And yeah. so a lot of, um, you know, the herbs can support you in this realm, but we do look at diet. I see food as medicine. That's a huge piece as well. And then look at what are the thoughts you're telling yourself? What are the emotions you're cultivating every day within your life? And then creating awareness with that. And the first part is the awareness. Like we have the awareness and then you can take the actions to create the shifts in your life. So it's, it's a big variety of different people that I see. Um, and each person is different. So I try to work with them definitely on an individual level of where they're at. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thoughts always, I would say, heighten anything you do. So if yeah. you're eating bad, the mm-hmm. thoughts could really make it worse. Or if you're eating good, it could really make you feel better. So right. absolutely. The thought, pro- I mean, yeah, we could eat so healthy, but if we have a negative thought, you know, self-talk, what's the point? Right. <laughs> right. Well, and it could be self-talk or it could be the relationship, you know, like right. what we've talked about is surrounding yourself by like-minded people. But, you know, if you're eating super clean and and then you have a really toxic relationship that you're going home to, you know, yeah. things like that. That's not fulfilling. You cannot like you can still have major digestive issues, you know, even after that, if you if you haven't healed um, how you approach the relationship too, right? Because right. the, the stress is in the stomach, yeah. and it's 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 right there. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what advice? What is your best piece of advice for women to o- overcome these struggles that you just mentioned? Um, mindfulness. So, really being aware of of where you're at, and then just being curious within that process. I like to say, like, I'm always cultivating curiosity about like, huh, why am I doing this thing? And that's where the mindfulness comes in. So you are being mindful of what's coming your way. And then instead of demonizing it, like, why am I doing this thing? Or why does this happen? You know, being curious about it and like, why, huh, I'm finding myself in this position again. And then again, why does this keep on happening? And just creating awareness about about their actions and patterns and not beating themselves up. Mm-hmm. Because we're all trying to better ourselves. We're all trying to enhance our lives. And, and so working with where you're at and knowing where you want to be and then being gentle and compassionate with yourself. Oh, good advice. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite success story with a client? Um, let's see, I have a, I have a lot, I feel like every story is a success because if you can get somebody feeling like a little bit better, then it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I would say one was an individual that she was trying, well, she, she kind of put it out the window that she couldn't have children because she had a lot of different issues going on and we worked on diet, we did herbs and, um, and then she conceived. So it was just like doing really basic things, you know, she was able to conceive even though that for her wasn't even in the realm of possibilities. So that was really exciting. Oh, can you share with like some herbs for, you know, if you are in that place? Of not being so, able to conceive? Because I, I find that in a lot of women nowadays, and it could be stress-related. I feel like when you're more relaxed, you mm-hmm. can conceive more. But, you know, if there's some, yeah, some some herbs or some tools that, what like, what do you give a client? Yeah, so it is very based individually. Like I said, everybody's so different. So this this individual had a picture of PCOS as well. So we, as we know, that has to do with the hormone levels. And so we actually worked very deeply on the diet. And diet is very um, important in all of our lives. And depending on who you are and depending on what's going on in your body depends on what diet is best. For this individual, we did a paleo diet with legumes. So that's kind of doing tons of leafy greens and veggies, a little bit of uh, protein. A lot of people think the paleo diets like the Neanderthal diet and you eat tons of meat. In actuality, it's more about the greens and then a little mm-hmm. bit of protein and you don't eat any greens at all. So with her, in this specific case, that's what we did. We did um, nourish uh, like a nourishing herbal tea blend. So a lot of us are deficient in vitamin and minerals. So doing nettles, oat straw, raspberry leaf, yet raspberry mm-hmm. leaf to tone the uterus, um, you know, it could be a bunch alfalfa, 
red clover, there's a bunch of different herbs, and then you do a really strong infusion. So you put all these herbs in a big ball jar, pour water over it, let it sit overnight, and it's mm. taking out all of those minerals. So a lot of us are deficient, you know, vitamins, supplements to sort of, up, and then also adaptogens. So adaptogens yes. are an amazing classification of herbs. And, you know, chatavre is one of the herbs that I love in particular for female reproductive it helps balance the hormones and it nourishes the yin. So in traditional Chinese medicine, there's the yin and the yang, the, you know, the circle with the yes. black and the white. Yeah. Um, and so the yin is the femininity, the receptivity and chitavre in Sanskrit, um, correlates to or translate to a woman with a hundred husbands. So it helps increase libido, it helps tone the body. It's very moistening. So yeah. So basically getting the body ready to, to receive. And then also adaptogens, mm -hmm. they work in the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. So when stressors come our way, they sort of go into our hypothalamus, our hypothalamus tells our pituitary, and then our adrenals pump out cortisol or don't. So if there are tons of stressors coming our way every day, our body's on high alert, sort of fight or flight mode, pumping out cortisol and we become deficient. We get adrenal fatigue and other um, issues. So if we can work with the HPA access and sort of decrease the stress load on our body, our body is more receptive and mm -hmm. open to to receive, you know, to conceive, to to do a number yes. of different things. Oh my gosh, yeah, I could hear you speak amazing. about this forever. <laughs> amazing. <Yeah. laughs> do you mind me asking um, how long this, this particular client, how long had she been you know, struggling with trying to conceive? Um, it, it wasn't necessarily struggling. She had just put it out of her mind that this mm -hmm. just isn't even a possibility. So she, before me, had been working with an acupuncturist a couple of years. So it, yeah, it had been a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's amazing. Yeah. That is, that is. I love those miracle stories. Yeah. So can you tell us one of your favorite books or book recommendations of what you're reading right now and why? Perhaps something about herbal medicine. Mm. Um, so I'm currently reading a book called Braiding Sweetgrass, and it's by Robin Wall Kimmer. And it is just a gem of a story. It's so beautiful. She grew up, you know, connected to the land and decided she wanted to study botany and then became a botany professor. But then she also is Native American. And so in her sort of middle age, decided to look at her roots and her heritage and connect. And she's like, I feel like I really wasn't connected to the land till I learned, you know, the ways that that she maybe should have grown up with. Uh, but yeah. each little chapter is a gem and it's like poetry. It's so beautifully written. And she talks about our connection with plants, with animals, with the outside world. And, and from her perspective, from her tribe, her Native American tribe's perspective and sort of the Western perspective and how they differ. And it's just, it's like each little chapter I'm savoring, I'm reading bit by bit. Um, mm. Can and you tell so, us how yeah. they differ, the Eastern and the Western and, and the views? Well, yeah. So she was in her, and I'm, I don't have, I left the book on my mom's. I was visiting her and reading it. So I don't have it with me. Um, but basically she was talking about the language and how in our language we separate like that tree or mm. it or that but in their culture it's everything's interconnected so your tree is your friend so you'd refer to like a tree as a friend or as a family member and so it's including that out that 
quote unquote outside world as inside world. It's we're yeah. all in this together. Yeah, yeah. And just like I was talking about before, we're so disconnected from nature when we're part of nature. We're a species on this planet with all the other species. And so it's more of being connected to that. Yeah. And it's like we are really, really connected to that. We wouldn't abuse nature. We wouldn't abuse the land. Because or ourselves. Of, or ourselves because it's right. part of us. It's yeah, such a beautiful so, reminder. It really is. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and another one I'm reading, I just, I love this one. It's my third time reading it in three months. <laughs> is the, I have The Heart of Buddha's Teaching by Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's just, it makes you want to be a better person. I mean, it goes over Buddhism and the Buddhist teachings, but the way that Thich Nhat Hanh writes it, it's just so beautiful. And you're just like, I just want to eat healthy and I want to be good. And I like every time I read it, I'm just like, yes, these things that are so simple, I want to do them every single day. And it just yeah. helps me stand within myself. Yeah. Ooh, good. Oh, that sounds like something I need right now. So <laughs> I'm get- definitely adding those to my Amazon list. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. And to conclude, can you share with us three things that you're grateful for? Yes, I sure can. Um, I'm grateful. We were just talking about nature. So for nature, for this earth that gives us so much that we have in our lives. Uh, I'm grateful for the ocean. I guess this would connect with nature, but I just adore the ocean. I feel Mm -hmm. so blessed to live in Maine. And then grateful for friends, family, connections, just all the lovely people on the earth that um, make life magical and extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, You're and welcome. we're grateful for you and doing the work thank that you. you do, inspiring women, and it's, it's beautiful. So thank you, everyone, for listening and joining us on this journey to love yourself to happiness. Bye-bye.